Good morning, everyone. It's good to serve the Lord, isn't it? I, I remember those days when I didn't serve the Lord. Now I wonder what it took me so long to serve the Lord. Uh, kept, I kept thinking, I mentioned last week that I kept, or uh, I kept mentioning that uh, I didn't serve the Lord because I thought I was going to lose who I was, my identity, but I did really discovered after I started serving him who I really am. Isn't that the truth? You know, sometimes we, we think that, that we're going to miss out on something, and then when we finally give in, we realize, wow, it's a lot better than I thought. I remember when I was a kid, you know, you go through all the, the shots, because I was one of those kids, you know, in the baby boomer generation that all of us have our little polio mark and then I remember going through that whole series of shots and it came down to the last one and I don't know which one it was but I remember driving over there and I thought that morning this is going to be my last meal I have to have another shot you know and getting out of the car and I was just counting the cracks in the sidewalk as I was, we were going to the doctor's office and when we got into the doctor's office and they moved us to the back and we went into the back, and I knew for sure I was going to get a shot. I could not take it anymore. The stress of life had gotten me, and I started crying at a ripe old age of five. Could not take another shot, not one more. And then they presented me with not a shot, but a sugar cube. It was glorious. I loved it. A sugar cube. It was a lot better than what I thought. Sometimes we can put things in our mind, and, and, and if, we, if we allow them to run in our mind the way we think, man, it, it could be disastrous. But when we, when we allow the Lord to have his way in our life, it's always beauty for ashes and joy for mourning. Amen? A guy named Mark Sumner if you could turn me down just a little bit, a guy named Mark Sumner, a few years ago, working for Disney, they were trying to develop Soarin' over California. Anybody ever been on that ride? Oh, it's one of my favorite rides, especially when you come over that, that, one, uh, that one hill and you're in that orange grove and you smell all those oranges. Oh, it's incredible. So they were trying to figure out how to develop this ride. And, and all these Imagineers, these engineers that had all this training from, uh, from MIT and everywhere else, and they, they could not figure out how to make this ride function. They had dreamed about it. They had had a blue sky meeting. They, they had discovered this is the kind of ride we want when we want this and we want to be able to fly. We want to be able to, like you're parasailing and then you, I want to go over the ocean. I want to go over this. I want to go over that. I want to come over the top of a mountain. They, they wanted everything in there. They wanted the, the sound and the senses and everything to be involved, but they could not figure out how to do it. They'd worked on it for, for weeks and months. Then during the holiday, one of the holidays that we're experiencing right now, Christmas, uh, Mark Sumner went home and, and had to go up to the attic to get some Christmas stuff. Anybody been going up to get Christmas stuff? Yeah. And uh, I know you don't put it in the attic here because it would melt. Um, but but uh, he went up to the attic to get the Christmas stuff, and he was just kind of uh, looking around and found a box of, of belongings that, of his when he was a kid. 
So he just, you know, curiosity got the best of him, so he started looking through it, and he discovered an old erector set. Remember those? You know, there were the Lincoln Logs, Tinker Toys, which was my favorite, and then the erector set. So he took that erector set out, took it downstairs, brushed it off, and with the erector set and a little bit of help from some from string, within two hours, he developed a working model prototype uh, of the ride that is now in existence. Because they were working with everything else, but he had to get back down to, to some basics. Isn't that amazing that sometimes we have to go back to to the foundation or to the basics. It took, it took Mark's toy, his vision and his talent to create a ride that's so sophisticated that it stumped a lot of the, the minds during that time. And, and in the passage of scripture that, that was read this morning in 1 Peter, Peter is describing us and the work that Christ has done and is doing and will continue to do in us, that, that we are being built living stones, living stones. We are, we are the temple of the Lord. Paul said, don't you know that you are the temple of the Holy Spirit, that, that no longer does, does God dwell in a temple in the holiest of holy place, but now he lives within our hearts, that everywhere you go, the temple of God goes. Wherever you are, that's where the temple and the presence of God is. Isn't that amazing? But there are some things that he talks about in this passage of Scripture that, that I really find fascinating. When you, when you look at it, Paul says, or Peter rather says, As you come to him, the living stone, rejected by men but chosen by God and precious to him, Men rejected Christ, but God chose him. He said, you also, like living stones, have been rejected of men, but you have been chosen by God. I want you to think about that for a moment, of all the people in the world. Why did God choose you? I had a sermon series I, I preached several years ago, and it was entitled, Why Aren't You Dead Yet? I got a kind of a strange reaction to that one. The whole, the whole premise to it was, you're still here because God still has something for you to do. God, God has a plan. He has a purpose. Philippians 1.6 says, you can be confident of this very thing, that he which has begun a good work in you shall perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. God is never going to give up on you because he chose you, and he is building you a temple. You are being built. You're in the process of, of becoming a spiritual house for the presence of God. Don't you love that? You look at yourself and say, well, well, I'm, I'm becoming a spiritual house. Yes, you are. And did you choose God? Did God choose you? And the answer is yes and amen. It's a, it's a twofold. But I, I want to look at some things that a, that a house has in common. You know, I don't know if you've ever 
build houses or anything when I was in, in Bible college. It seems like years and years and years ago, because it really was years and years and years ago. I took a, a class called uh, Building uh, Maintenance, and, and it just gave you all the basics of, of electrical and plumbing and all of these things. And, and I thought, well, that would be interesting because it sure beats etiquette. And... and <laughs> Wish I'd have paid more attention to etiquette class, but uh, but the the building maintenance is, is an amazing class, and you discover so many so many basic rudimentary things about building maintenance. And there are some things about houses that that all have in common, and even our spiritual house. And one of the things that that we have in common is houses must have a good foundation. If you build on a wrong foundation, it will crumble and fall. See, this world is built on a, a wrong foundation. This world is temporal. It, anything that you build is going to crumble and fall. It's built on sand. Let me ask you a question. What were you doing on October 17th at 5.04 p.m. in 1989? I can tell you exactly where I was and what I was doing. And I can tell you what happened. That was the big earthquake. The Loma Prieta that shook San Francisco. And there is one, one part of the city, the Marina District, absolutely beautiful. If you ever get a chance, go down and, and take the drive around the Marina District because you can look over to your right and you see San Francisco and the Golden Gate Bridge, rather, and, and the bay. And all these multi-million dollar houses there built in the Marina District, when they look out their front window, they look out and they see all of the the yachts, and then in the background they see the Golden Gate Bridge. Can you imagine seeing that every day? And yet here's the amazing thing. When they decided to develop the Marina District, they brought in some sand, some dirt, fill dirt, to lift it up above sea level. So if there was any flooding, it wouldn't, it wouldn't affect them. But they did not do due diligence and the foundation, when they built the houses, the, the ground under them was not packed. It was not secure. And when the earthquake happened, it was a giant jolt. It shifted the ground, and the ground just moved. And this is what happened. Where that car is, that's actually the second floor. The first floor is gone. I'm glad. I hope he had insurance. You can kind of see what, what happened. Because if you don't have a sure foundation, the things of life and the events of life will cause you and will cause your life to, to fall and falter and crumble. The scripture tells us that, that, that God decided that he, we needed a good foundation and he used this comparison. He said that, that the seed of man was not good enough. It was not a good foundation because Paul, uh, Peter rather says that the man seed, let me read it again for you. He says, you have been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable through the living and enduring word of God. For all men are like grass, and all their glory is like the flowers of the field, and the grass withers and falls away, but the word of the Lord stands forever. 
What, what Peter is saying to us is that our own nature was not sufficient enough, the seed of man was not strong enough to build on, on a life on because our nature is temporary. Our nature is going to stumble and fall. Our nature is going to crumble. There is a time appointed unto man once to die and after that the judgment. You cannot build an eternal life on our own existence. And God, looking down at humanity, says, I know what I need to do. I need to build a better foundation. I need to build a sure foundation. So Christ came. Not of perishable seed. Perishable simply means that it has a shelf life. But imperishable that the seed of, the, of Christ is imperishable. That's why when he was crucified, death could not hold him because he cannot die. And we have been born again, not of perishable seed that's going to die, but of imperishable seed that will never die. Our foundation is built on Christ, the solid rock. And it does not matter if death comes our way, that imperishable seed, that same spirit which dwelled in Christ dwells in you. And when that trumpet sounds, death cannot hold you back because you're built upon a foundation of imperishable seed. You have the Spirit of God. Wow. Christ decided, I'll, I'll start with the foundation. I'll give humanity a new foundation. I'll build them not on, on their own humanity, but I'll give them another spirit that will never wither, that will never falter. And this foundation is Christ. We're built upon the foundation of Christ and what he did. And you can stand on it. You can jump on it. You can, you can run on it. And it will not crumble. It will not crack. It will not give way. There are no, there are no low points or high points. It is a perfect foundation. We are built upon Christ, the solid rock. That's our foundation. We're, we're being built a temple. I know something else that houses have. They not only have a foundation, but they need walls and a roof. And, and I've been to a variety of different houses, and I'm sure you have been to a variety of different houses. I, I have seen houses that had, had walls and they had roofs, but they really weren't doing the job they needed to do. Because when it rained, you had to bring out all the buckets. And you had to put them in the right places because the roof leaked. Or when the wind howled, the walls began to sing. You ever, you ever been through that? Oh, of course you have. You've been hurricane people. Yes. I've been through one. Praise God. Uh, walls and, 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 and roofs, they're, they're designed to keep the elements from affecting you. And you go into your house to protect yourself from the wind and the rain and the sun. And, and the walls and the roof are only as good as the materials that are used. This is what, what Paul told the church in Corinth in, in 1 Corinthians 3. He said, be careful on how you build upon your foundation. Speaking of Christ. He was talking to the church in Corinth and he was giving them a, a visual. 
Corinth it was a magnificent city at one time, and when, and when the uh, Romans had come in, they had completely just raised it to the ground. The only thing that was left was these beautiful marble stone foundations. I mean, they were magnificent, beautiful, but everything else was gone. And then there were those that were coming in, and upon those foundations, those beautiful foundations, they were building these little huts, little tent cities. So when, when they wanted to get rid of the tent cities, they just lit a torch, and they were gone. And Paul was using this illustration because it was real and alive in their lives. And he was saying, that foundation is solid. That foundation is sure. That foundation is going to last forever. But be careful on how you build on your foundation. Wood, hay, and stubble, gold, silver, precious stones. If you're building wood, hay, and stubble, the fire is going to reveal it. It is going to be destroyed. Paul, Paul said it this way. He said, you'll be saved because of the foundation. But all your work will be gone. He says, but if you're building on gold, silver, and precious stones, the fire won't touch them, only purify them. He was helping the church in Corinth understand that there's two ways to live your life. You can live your life for the temporal things of this world, or you can live for the eternal. You can live to gratify what you want to do right now, or you can lay up treasure in heaven. There's two ways to live your life. And, and Paul said if you're standing on the foundation, if you're living your entire life standing on the foundation, but you're living for this life right now, if your eyes are down here and you're focused on this life, which is short at best, those things, if you're surrounding your life with those things that really just don't matter, you're going to walk into heaven, but you're going to suffer loss is how Paul puts it. But if you're living your life, if you're building those things in your life that, that have significance and have meaning and have importance, they're eternal, and you're laying up in heaven. That's why Paul, or Peter rather, said, don't feed on those negative attitudes. Don't feed on jealousy and hatred and, and, and the emotions of the carnal man, but... but Focus and feed on, on the spiritual things and, and allow the fruit of the Spirit to grow and develop in you. Jesus said it this way. He, he gave us the parable of the talents. And he, and he said that he gave one man five talents and another two and another one. And, and, and that was a, a, a bit of money. And, and, and he said, I want you to use this for me. And, and then the owner went away. And the one that had five talents invested and worked hard and, and doubled it to ten and the one that had two doubled his to four. But the one that had the one talent, the one that had been given something from Christ, he was so, so afraid of the owner that he went and buried and hid what he had. And when the master came back, he blessed the one with five and said, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. And with the one with two that had doubled to four, he said, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. But the one that had one, he admonished he chastised and actually took away the one that he had because he was afraid to use it. 
I think that that parable is in the scripture. I believe Christ gave us that parable to help us understand that it's not how much God gives you. You may think, well, I don't have that much to give. You're not going to be judged on how much God has given you. You will be judged by Christ on what you have done with what Christ has given you. And, and what Christ was trying to encourage us to do is live your life in such a way that you're a blessing to others, that you give hope and encouragement to those around you, that you're an inspiration, that you allow others to see the love of God in your life, that they see faith in your life. Whatever the Lord has given you, live it unto Him and allow the Lord to bless you abundantly. It's the building materials of our house. We have a foundation. But can I ask you a question? What building materials are you using today? Are you using things that will last forever? Or are you using the materials of this life? Develop, developing your, your spiritual house. And here's the third thing that, that I believe that all all buildings have they not only have a foundation they have roofs and a wall but uh, they need to be furnished houses have to be furnished you know and then you go back to the to the tabernacle or the temple and, and uh, pastor Bert uh, spoke on this just a couple of weeks ago and didn't he do a magnificent job just awesome yeah but when you walked in and when you walked into that to that holy place you walked in and over to the left it only had three elements in there. On to the left, it had the candlestick. And over to the right, it had a table of, of bread. And right in front of you had an altar of incense. And then beyond that was the veil. And that's where the ark rested, where the, where the presence of God was. But the holy place only had three pieces of furniture. The lamp, which represents the Spirit of God. Does your house have the Spirit of God? Are you allowing the Spirit of God to have free reign in your life? Are you, are you fixing your, your spiritual house that, that the Spirit of God is, is comfortable dwelling in you? Are you listening to the voice of the Lord? Are you allowing the, the Lord to lead you and to guide you? Because that's one of the, the elements in, in this house that, that we need, is we need to have the Spirit of the Lord leading us and guiding us. The other is, is that table, the, the place where they put the bread. Jesus said, He is the bread of life. The Word of God. Is the Word of God ingrained in your life? Do you have a place for the Word of God? Are you living by the Word of God? Are you reading the Word of God? Are you, are you allowing the Word of God to be hidden in your heart that you would not sin against the Lord? See, if you have this presence of God, if you have the Spirit of God in your life and the Word of God in your life, man, it, it, just, it makes for a blessed life. So if we're building this house and we have, we have the foundation and we have the walls and, and now we're furnishing it with the presence of God and with the word of God, but we need that one other element, that altar of incense. And it was the last thing that they did before they went into the presence of God. We need worship. We need to adore, worship God. 
See, if you, if you house, if you furnish your house with the presence of God, and if you furnish your house with the Word of God, and if you furnish your house with worship, that you worship Him, you will always entertain the very presence of the living God in you. You will be that spiritual house that the Lord is building. Notice it doesn't say that we're building, but that the Lord is building. The Lord is building a good work in all of us. And one of those things that, that we are required to have is that foundation and strong walls, a life lived for Him. And we need to furnish our life with the Spirit of God, with the Word of God, and with praise and adoration for who He is. When we do that, amazing things happen for us. You know, we're, we're celebrating the Christmas season. I love the Christmas season. I, I mean, I love everything about it, except putting all the stuff away afterward. But what we're really celebrating is the, is the beginning of what of God reaching into this world to redeem humanity. And I know Scripture says that Christ was slain from the foundation of the world. But Isaiah talked about the birth of Christ this way. He said, to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? It's as if God rolled up his sleeve and put his arm down into the earth. And God became man and walked among us. The creator of the heavens and the earth became a child. Isaiah 9, 6 says, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of peace. We are celebrating the fact that we have the opportunity today to build our lives, to allow our lives to be built on a sure foundation with solid walls, with a, with a roof that does ha has no leaks, and that we can furnish it with the greatest furnishings ever afforded man the Spirit of God, the Word of God, and worship. God invites us into that relationship. And I, I would encourage you as we, as we begin to look at communion, as we, as we consider that, that Christ not only came, but He gave His life, He shed His blood, that we could have that solid foundation, that we could be a spiritual building, a spiritual temple for the presence of God. That we have this opportunity. And it didn't come because of us. It came because of what He has done for us. So as we partake in communion today, I would like you to, to reflect on what Christ has done for us. Scripture tells us without the shedding of blood there is no remission or removal of sin. And, and when Christ came... His death on the cross gave us the opportunity and the, and the right through Him 
to stand on that firm foundation, to be born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable seed, to have that, that foundation that will never fade, will never crumble, but will stand through eternity. And because He lives, we live.